Welcome to Flopography, where we revisit old pop albums that are known by many, not because of their critical or commercial success, but because of their lack thereof. These albums received the designation of flop. But did we give them a fair shake? Hello and welcome to episode two uh, of season two of Flopography. Mike and Steve here. Uh, Mike, how's everything going on this Monday night? I, I did want to call out before you you get into it. I don't think a lot of our followers know or listeners know that you are a cycle bar instructor as oh, well. Yes, so I am. I am a cycle bar instructor and uh, I teach- A man of many talents. Yeah. You know what? I will say the pop music is kind of the perfect tie-in to this podcast and- I uh, had a really jamming playlist today. It was really freaking good. Um, but, you know, I, Steve and I both work in kind of like the communications field. So, Steve, I'm sure at the times there was chaos when Facebook and Instagram was down today. Is that Did that happen to you all too? Because it happened to our company. <laughs> we actually broke some of the news on employees okay. not being able to okay. actually get in uh, to Facebook to actually address the issues. It was quite a day to, to launch our first episode uh with with facebook and instagram uh going down today yeah it's it, honestly we chose the perfect day but also coincidentally like we got a lot we got some traction on twitter and like met new people new fans which i think you'll hear from later in this episode um it's also the perfect day because it's moonlight's uh kind of gotcha anniversary. i found her five years ago my cat she made a cameo in last episode if you all watched it um but you'll get to see her today and celebrate her Oh, that's awesome. Like, I'm, I mean, we're not allowed to have cats because Jenny's allergic, but uh, but I had one growing up. His name is Paws. He's like the security question to most of my uh, you know, personal accounts. Don't tell anyone that. I'm gonna keep this secret. Anyway, you, you might wonder why I'm dressed up like the 4th of July over here. Uh, and Mike, I, I texted Mike earlier. I'm like, we're doing this album. I know very little about the album. Uh, and and what should I wear? He, he suggested I watch one of this these pop stars videos, uh, and it didn't help me much. So what I ended up doing is just saying, "Hey, what is very Americana?" Okay, yeah. and that's you went full red, on white, fall. Blue. Red, Steve white, is wearing blue. a red flannel right now, so it's full on fall slash winter. So I'll 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 give you a pass, Steve. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, today we're reviewing Madonna's American Life, and I know Ooh. a few fans. Uh, and listeners of our show and fans of Madonna have requested we we do this album. We start uh, with our first two episodes of season two with the queen of pop and the king of pop, right? MJ and Madonna doesn't get better than that, right, Mike? It does. I mean, honestly, it, it's the perfect start. I mean, I'm much more of a Madonna fan than MJ, actually, because I'm not an MJ fan. Um, so much that I'm I'm also kind of donning this outfit right now that is inspired by Madonna's uh, era of American life, very rebelish. It's, um, it's, uh, it's very kind of like militant in some way. So I'm wearing some army of y'all who are watching on YouTube here. I'm gonna take off this dumb hat now, Steve, because uh, <laughs> I can actually have my hair breathe a little bit more, but I'm excited. Uh, you know, Mike, I like the hat. It's all good. It's time to get into the background of Madonna's uh, American Life. So the album was released April 21st, 2003. This was her ninth studio album. 
and I think it's really important, and you'll see this throughout our re-review, is what was happening in culture. The album was released in a post-9-11 world as America prepared for war in Iraq in 2003. You might not think that's pertinent to a Madonna album, but uh, this album called American Life, why we're wearing Ameri Americana clothing, uh, features references to American culture, themes of the American dream, uh, and materialism. And what's interesting, and we'll get more into this, but the themes really reject the reputation that Madonna held in the 80s with, you know, Material Girl as one of her singles and kind of rejected that sentiment a bit. Uh, and it was also supported, and Mike, you probably tuned in as, as a kid, uh, but supported by a VMA's performance where she made out with Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears on stage. Do you remember that moment, Mike? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, it's so funny because people probably would never tie that iconic moment to this album because it's kind of like different from that but yes i was totally tuned into it and uh, i remember the front papers of the paper of the newspaper the next day so with that let's get into the numbers of the album of american life so the first week sales were two hundred forty-one thousand copies uh, music her prior release released in 2000 so this was three years prior sold 420,000 copies in its debut week so the album singles for American Life, uh, and this is, I think, where you'll start to see a little bit of uh, the deviation from uh, the recipe for success Madonna had with previous albums. So first, there was this kind of standalone single, Die Another Day, which was a part of the release of 007, the James, James Bond film at the time. It peaked at number eight for 17 weeks. It was a pre-release single uh, so it wasn't necessarily tied to the album promotion, but it was kind of tacked on the album. Uh, next was uh, American Life, which was number 37 for eight weeks. Uh, and Blender actually named this the ninth worst song of all time, wow. uh, which was pretty harsh. Do I have to change my name? Will it get me far? Should I lose some weight? Am I gonna be a star? Interestingly enough, its following single, Hollywood, uh, became her first single, her first radio single, not to chart on the Billboard Hot 100 since 1983. So that was 20 years prior, uh, which was uh, pretty indicative of, of the reason that we call this album a flop commercially. I lost my memory in And it's interesting that that happened that way because Hollywood was the single that she performed at the VMAs. Mind you, it was a dance remix of that single itself. But, um, you know, I will say as you dive into the album, as we talk about it later on, I'm not surprised that any of the singles were actual hits. And so moving on to the album longevity, uh, the album did go number one but it only spent 14 weeks on the chart, uh, is now certified platinum. To give you a little bit of context, Music, her prior album, uh, went number one, spent 55 weeks on the charts, and is three times platinum. Ray of Light uh, 
went number two. It did not hit number one, surprisingly, but spent 78 weeks on the chart, four times platinum. And then Bedtime Stories peaked at number three for 48 weeks and is three times platinum. And Bedtime Stories in the kind of Madonna fandom is also considered as a low performer. Isn't that right, Mike? Steve, you're telling people about season three, but yes, it, it is. And um, it's interesting because there, that was kind of sandwiched in between, well, not really, but it was an album before her reinvention, which she then kind of did and then went in, back into flop territory with this album. And so that brings us to the critical reaction. Uh, so the album got a 60 or mixed or average reviews on uh, Metacritic. Uh, and some uh, a quote from one of the reviews was, it's a record about being Madonna, which I thought was interesting from Q Magazine. Uh, it's the worst reviewed album of Madonna's discography. Every other album is considered an aggregate positive score. This one's considered mixed or, or average. Uh, another quote from a review was that this album is difficult to listen to uh, with its awkward and brash production in certain songs. That's uh, that's pretty pretty interesting, right? I mean, we'll get into it later, but the album has aged well. But also, if you take the sonics of this record and place it in today, it's probably going to fit a little bit more into the time. But also, to your point, Steve, look at the time frame that it was released, right? Two years after 9-11, and... This album is probably one of the only ones that really leaned into a politically charged message. I, I've seen a trend. Reviewers have gotten almost less harsh to a lot of to a lot of artists through the years. So back in 2003, you still saw some pretty scathing reviews uh, that didn't give the benefit to the artist, especially someone as established as Madonna. So I think that's another thing and contextual piece to think about as you're looking at. Her, her review her review for this album that is interesting especially you working for a major media publication i wonder how much that is a sign of the times themselves and people feeling bold and being able to lean into that i totally did not even connect the dots there Well, and you have to look at where Madonna was in her career at this point. So she had released Ray of Light in 99, I believe. And then about two years later, um, releases music. You can name charting Billboard hits from both of those albums. You know, you had Ray of Light, you had music, the song, both, you know, um, named every album. So I wonder how much more under the microscope Madonna was at this point in her career, given the fact that she just got off of some really career highs. I got to make him happy. I got to teach him how to fly. I want to take him higher. Way up like a bird in the all right, Mike, it's time to get into the analysis, our favorite part of each episode. We've gone through the numbers. We know how it commercially performed, how it critically performed. But how did it perform in 2021? Yeah. 
I got to say, this was my first time listening to a Madonna record fully from start to finish. You're familiar with the Material Girl. With the Material Girl, I am. (laughs) So I'm I'm curious, what like describe your initial reaction to the album in one word? I know you probably listened to it back in the early 2000s, so I'd like to kind of get your perspective then and your perspective now a little bit of of the album overall. Textural. There's like a lot of layers to the album. That is my one word to describe the album. Wow, I don't know how to. I don't know how to follow up. <laughs> follow that up. Follow up my... I and that literally just came to me right now too. So, <laughs> Steve, how would you describe? Well, it? it gave me goosebumps. Oh, uh, textural. Okay. I did not realize all of the 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 message around the album. I, as I dug and dug through research, I learned about the connection and the statement that she was looking to make about life in America at the time. Uh, So with that, my first reaction was that this was like a concept unfulfilled. Like that's two words, but it was, it was to me like uneven because there are moments where her portrayal of American life uh, feels like very much, like I said earlier, like a Madonna portrayal uh, mm-hmm. of just her life, not not like speaking for the general American culture, which is like typically what you see with, you know, music that resonates over the years that in the 60s and 70s when, you know, we were going through this kind of uh, anti-war sentiment and there was a lot of music around it there was there was something that resonated with culture as a whole to me there were certain songs on this album that just resonated with people with a lot of money that had problems with with fame or uh materialism that's interesting because you're right in that the album title is probably not a great description for the album itself um i think when artists go into promoting an album and you know developing some sort of of era, they go in with this concept, right? And, and you know, the aesthetics, the, the songs, the, you know, everything they do, promotion in the videos, and she chose that lane. But you're right in that it's not an accurate description of the entire album itself. It's so much more than Madonna's American life. It's her, it's her life, right? And I think that really it's, the album is, is less centered on a commentary on society, although there are I think the first first half of the album probably focuses on a little bit more before it dives into her life and, and, and analyzing her own life at that point in her career. This type of modern life is not for me. This type of modern life is not for free. As a Madonna fan, I'm curious what you think the low moment for the American Life era was. Looking back, she kind of had some, not cultural appropriation, but if you look at the the videos and the album artwork, it's kind of in the vein of, I'm going to pronounce it totally wrong, but Che Guevara, which is um, a, a Cuban leader in the revolution at that time. And she kind of models her artwork after that from a photo shoot perspective i don't know if that would fly in 2021 right that's kind of a low moment and i'm going to extend that a little bit more because to what your point earlier 
American life is Madonna's American life, right? She's she's privileged, but I think that's the art there is that she's calling out her own, you know, privilege in the art itself and saying, "Wow, hold on, step back. This is not what life is. Life is so much more, and there's a lot of issues going on in the world." And I'm done playing and acting as if everything is fine and dandy when there's a real real world issues, which she was 100% right about at that time. None of us really know our privilege, right? And and Madonna was, you know, she went into set record a record and she talked about what she knew. She, uh, my, one of my favorite verses is, I'm drinking my soy latte, I have a double shate, something, 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 you know, I'm satisfied. Like she's basically poking fun of herself in her life, going to yoga, going to Pilates, doing all these things, having the Starbucks streak. And like, that's, her interpretation on what life is, right? I Why hope else? Madonna's not going to Starbucks. I hope she's going to like Pete's. You know, no, a little Pete's. <laughs> I hope they get a step up from from those. Yeah, <laughs> Madonna's well, not going to my same coffee shop. But I, it's funny that you bring up that lyric because my low moment of the era was her uh, lead single "Choice of American Life." I thought the lyrics were especially cheesy when she says uh, latte and shate is what I have written down. And the fact that you loved that lyric is funny. She says like mini Cooper and super duper and trooper. Uh, It was just like the rap parts of her music throughout or in, in her songs throughout the album, like kind of felt cheesy to me. Drinking a salate, I get a double shot. It goes through my body, and you know I'm satisfied. I drop my mini cooper, and I'm feeling super duper. You, they tell me I'm a trooper, and you know I'm satisfied. I do yoga and Pilates, and the room is full of hotties, so I'm checking out the bodies, and you know I'm satisfied. There wasn't a place for a successful album without like radio airplay and a lead single that resonated. Yeah, that's true, and. <sighs> What she put out publicly around this record was polarizing, right? It's almost like taboo, right? Like, why is this artist, pop artist, talking about the the wars going on and, you know, the after effects of 9-11? That's kind of hard to swallow, right? Only two short years after the 9-11 attack. So we have to take in fact that, like, the general public is probably not ready for that to be kind of spin into a creative pop art, right? And... You know, in, in, in some ways, I think this album lays the blueprint for what other artists have done, pop artists have done, and pop female artists at that. So taking topics and making it a little bit more kind of like punchy in your face. Reputation by Taylor Swift, right? Taking her own stuff. Like she was a little bit more aggressive in that era, and I loved it, right? Um, Blackout by Britney when she's in her, her low moments, right, in life. Like taking that and being a little bit more brash in your face. Like there's some art in that, and I think this album laid the blueprint for that. Next up, Mike, what do you think should have been a single? Selfishly, my favorite track off the album, Nothing Fails. Nothing fails, no more fears. Nothing fails, you washed away my tears. Nothing Fails is just so, like, most prophetic. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's deep it's very introspective um and especially reflective of her relationship at the time um that song is so powerful and i think that if done right in the promotion of that record it could have done well on on probably adult contemporary music itself how about you yeah that was actually one of the songs that i wrote down i thought though my 
the reason I didn't choose that one is because I didn't think it fit with like pop radio at the time. Mm-hmm. But to your point, maybe adult contemporary, there might've been a home there. And that's also like a fascinating like topic is when, when you kind of pivot from mainstream top 40 to the adult contemporary audience, like someone that's done that really well, I feel like is like a pink. Uh, Oh yeah. but, But like, it's a very difficult pivot. I think at the time that could have been a move for Madonna for nothing fails. My choice was love profusion. I thought it's like a little cheesy, but it's kind of fun. And I was bobbing my head to it. So I thought like that, that was a good choice um, as, as a single. I don't know if it was a lead single. It was tough. This question was tough. I felt like it was a, a difficult album to choose like true radio singles for. There are none. Absolutely. And like, let's take a look at this record. Like it's not a pop record. It really isn't. Right. And it's a pop artist developing a very electro folk, I think is what people describe it as, and it's so true, record. It sounds a little bit rock-tinged, and it's um, it's not a pop record in of itself. I want to let go of has aged best is what Madonna has done so well for so many of her most successful albums. She works with one producer from start to finish the entire album. And she really gets, if you've ever listened to her interviews uh, and obviously take interviews with a grain of salt, but she always talks about the process of developing an album and how she has to get to know the person. She like, eat, sleeps, and, and breathes with them for the entire duration of the recording process and writing. And the the producer, I'm going to botch his name, Mirwas Amazadi, um, he did do some work on music, and, and I loved... Actually, if you listen to the album, there's some foreshadowing what this album would be about um, sonically. But but the consistency and tone of it, I'm, I don't know, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, because I've listened to this album for years now, and it sounds like timeless in a way it could be very easily plopped and now and released and sound pretty sheen and, and, and new yeah i i thought it was very consistent um and you could tell that she worked with the same producer throughout i'm gonna avoid the cliche i'm gonna suspend my senses i'm gonna delay my pleasure thinking about like what aged well to me is I was really impressed with Madonna's vocals on a lot of the songs. I was actually surprised. I like, I've never thought Madonna has like a very strong voice, honestly. (laughs) Uh, And so uh, one track, it was ecstatic process Mm, really like stopped me in my tracks about like that. Her voice just sounded very like it was isolated a bit. It wasn't overshadowed by production. 
And I felt that for the first time, I was like, oh, Madonna, like she can sing. I'm not myself when you go quiet. I'm not myself all alone at night. I'm not myself, don't know who to I'm not myself at all. What did not age well about the album? Her instances of rap <laughs> like you heard it a couple you times you didn't like the rap either you agree with me the rap was pretty okay it's a little cringe for, for it's okay here's the thing it's cringe for the general public it's not for the general public at all now that said i've learned to appreciate it because it goes with the music that she does use it right but actually steve although it has not aged well from that perspective kesha uh, who else has, has come since then? I, I, I When I listened to it today, again, I was like, wow, was this kind of the impetus for those artists and what they were doing? My mother died when I was five and all I did was sit and cry. I cried and cried and cried all day until the neighbors went away. They couldn't take my loneliness. I couldn't take the phoniness. My father had to go to work. I used to think he was a jerk. So for me, what didn't age well, I thought the execution of the album versus the ambition. I think maybe like we can talk a little bit about like just background again. The U the U.S. like at the time was in these throes of like uber patriotism um, when patriotism when American Life debuted. So most of the public had you know faith in President Bush, who had made the right choice by launching the Iraqi War, and the American public basically called any sentiment anti-American that was kind of against yeah. that going against the grain, and the message wasn't necessarily wrong, but the deliverer being madonna this like super liberal american uh who has made her career by like these provocative um statements on culture like i think that maybe it was coming from her that made people feel like it was anti-american that was maybe the first time we saw her really lean in politically and she's still doing it to this day there was a time that i prayed to jesus christ there was a time i had a mother Nice. Why do you think that this album is considered a flop? Timing is everything. Wrong time, as you said. The, the America was very, very strong and united right after 9-11. Um, when you release a little bit of a polarizing album that takes a political stance on things, that was unheard of back then. Pop artists standing up and, and getting involved in politics and calling out presidents for wars, like that was unheard of, right? So... I remember that being very present in, in that, that time of discussion. So that is what went wrong. The other thing, there's no radio hits, right? But I don't think she really sought to make radio hits. I thought she sought to make um, a concept album, you know, a work of art that talked about her take on American life. I think that there's no way of getting around that had the most impact on, on the performance of this album, right? Like the, the faltering lead single, and this the anti-American perceived sentiment mm. around the album. Uh, and so I think with that, one of the things that I read is that she originally had a video for American Life um, and Madonna made a statement that she had pulled it out due to respect for the U.S. troops. Uh, and there was also a strong rumor going around that 
Uh, she had received death threats towards her family because of the video. And that was like another reason she pulled it. So like, I think that she was really ambitious with like the statement that she was trying to make. Uh, and I'm interested to see, as we talked about, like whether you think it's a flop or not in 2021, like what our perspective is on that now. Now let's get into the part of our show where we uh, look at Madonna's fans' perspective. And really exciting. The first perspective is from a <laughs> flopography listener. Uh, so shout out to Brian uh, on Twitter at half star for the number four effort. Uh, he reached out to us, uh, a big Madonna fan. And so he wrote, Oh man, a fascinating but definite misstep for her after such critical highs from music and ray of light. From the weird album title, who is that appealing to? To the gra- to the graphic and gory original video for the title track, which we talked about mm-hmm. uh, just before this, to the Patty Hearst Co's playing for the promo performance performances. Do you know what he means by that? Cosplaying, yeah. It's basically, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's the aesthetic of, you know, the militant type of, of, of look. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, what a head trip that era is. Oh, man, he knows a lot about it. I wish he could have joined this because that I wish was he, a fascinating yeah. review. I agree. And, like, honestly, the fact that he, like, uses uh, abbreviations for Ray of Light, I love it. Um, and also, I totally did not catch this before, but the album title, when he says from the weird album title, who is that appealing to? It's so true, right? But also she leaned in at it, right? And she, she leaned in and she wanted to get people talking about American life and all the issues that were going on post 9-11. So again, was it- It's intense? so on the nose. It's, it's so, so the on the nose. Brian, we appreciate you sending this. Honestly, we love hearing from people that listen to the record, um, to, this, to this podcast and so appreciate it. The next tweet is from Carlos Ken. Uh, hashtag justice for American life. Are you aware that Madonna risked her musical career to give us an album where she was going against the United States government and she left us a wonderful album like American life. The new female artists never do something like this. And it's actually a picture of Madonna with camo with all of her, her dancers in the background with a TV that's uh, featuring the American flag. Again, Madonna going all in on this concept. Man, I'm glad this person is giving Madonna reverence because, I mean, she did lean in, right? She put her neck out there and she got a lot of backlash for it. She really did. Um, and and I think it's part of what the album flopped, obviously. Hey, Steve, one thing I want to call out. Did you notice Madonna's hair color this era? It looks blonde to me. It's brunette. And every pop artist era where they go dark in tone or whatever is their their hair is brunette so i just want to call that's it out. interesting no you said that about uh Katy perry cutting her hair short for witness all right and finally very exciting um we actually have a voice note from one of our listeners uh chris hushy who is going to share his thoughts on madonna's american life so really excited uh to have chris be a part of the show and to share his his re-review in 2021 and we're going to give Chris a shout out, extra shout out, because he actually suggested the album last year when we recorded. So Chris, this is all credit to you. Hey, Mike and Steve, 
thank you so much for having me on your well giving me like this brief moment to be on your podcast um i'm super excited that you um took my recommendation of doing an episode about madonna's american life i think that that's a very interesting album to talk about and well i personally think that this album is very divisive among madonna fans because a lot of people will rank it on the top of their list other people will rank it on the bottom i personally rank it on the bottom i'm not like a very big fan of it but i know that a lot of people are and i mean i don't know i just feel like this air era in general was like kind of confusing she was trying to be very um controversial but in the end nobody took her as controversial um she canceled a music video the type of music she was making was not like appealing to the masses so yeah i mean it's a very messy madonna era in my opinion wow chris that was great um Honestly, I'm a little sad because a lot of those points are exactly what Steve has been saying since then. That said, you have done your homework. Oh my gosh, you know this album probably better than we do, Steve, right? And and I really appreciate the thoughts there. But I mean, you called it some really key points, like the fact that she was being polarizing just to be polarizing, Steve. So it sounds like uh, Chris is probably a little bit more in the vein of what you were thinking in terms of the album. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think it reflects like a lot of what we've been saying about like the flop album for a lot of fandoms becomes like the fan favorite, if you will, because they have to support it because the general public isn't. But then there's like this group within the fandom that like Chris has their head on their shoulders a little bit more and they are able to see past their obsession with the artist. It's the time we've all been waiting for the 2021 review. Uh, And Let's switch it up this this week, Mike. I will go first yes. with my review in 2021. I am going to say that this is not a flop. Oh, that gives me so much joy. I, I really, that this one was very tough because for Madonna, uh, I think commercially, there's no way around that you can't say that this was a flop commercially. It was. But... I think that if you look at it now, re-reviewed in 2021, I think one, it was, you can't say that it's not ambitious. Madonna expressing her kind of typically like provocative behavior in like a very directed way that felt like it actually had a concept around it. Uh, I think the concept back at that time was not well received. But I think the reason a lot of people say that it it deserves justice is because like, I think there are more people in agreement with some of the political beliefs that she expresses on this album that what that, you know, wasn't necessarily the case back, you know, in this post 9-11 era. I think that we've started to like, 
you know, see a lot of these female musicians like deviate from the the recipe of we need like all of these number ones to have a six to for an album to be considered a success. I think with that perspective now is like one of the inputs into my thought process that this isn't necessarily a flop today. That was very poetic, Steve. Um, what do you think? I, I, well, I think it's not a flop at all. Uh, Man, this was my first breakup album. <laughs> like, I listened to it nonstop. Breakup album. Yeah, it really was, honestly. Well, I mean, obviously not when it was released, but like later down the road when I first discovered it. But like, yeah, what were you like, eight when this came out? No. No, I wasn't. I was older than that, y'all. I, I know. I'm, I'm, joking. But, I'm joking. But um, the album is, again, plop it right now. You know, it sounds like a really bad analogy, but. Olivia Rodrigo, like his Dennis Brocky stuff, like there's some tinges of rock in this in this album, and and the electron electronic was a ahead of its time, b still relevant to this day, um, and man, this is a this is literally a body of art, and it is not deserving of the flop title based on numbers, but certainly is um, a bop and a half with it just holistically as an album and a work of art. It's the artistry is probably what makes it stand out the most. She went in with a concept. She she did it from start to finish. Worked with one producer. She really started to kind of reinvent herself even more after the last couple eras and shaking off this material girl vibe. And she went in on it. And it's bold. It's brave. Uh, it's 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 a really good album. I think that's like you said, set some blueprint for future pop artists. Well, Mike, that brings us to the end of our episode, the last track. Uh, it's, as always, such a joy to, to listen. Well, not always a joy to listen to the albums, <laughs> but it's always a joy to see your face and talk about uh, our interpretation of an album in, in 2021. I think we have a lot of exciting albums to come, yes. some show formats that we're breaking uh, to kind of give you new, new and fresh uh, info. I think today was the start of like, going to want to do more of moving forward and that's incorporating the voice of the listener so please please share either albums you want us to review your re-review in 2021 of what you think of the these albums so that's at flopography podcast instagram facebook as long as it's not down uh and and twitter twitter to steve's point we love hearing from you all so please follow engage with us we will definitely respond also because you know we think some of you may want to be also sharing your take on future episodes. Um, if you DM us, DM us, we'll actually probably tell you what episodes are coming up and we'll um, certainly welcome your thoughts. Email us at flopographypodcast at gmail.com. That's flopography, the name of the podcast, um, podcast at gmail.com. And um, send us a voice memo. You can easily insert it into there. Um, but then as well as obviously if you're watching us, and, you know, people that might like the podcast but aren't going to stick around on YouTube for a while, go ahead and direct them to anchor.fm slash flopography podcast. That way they'll be directed to any and all sources to listen. And if you are watching us, go ahead and like, comment, subscribe. Those things actually do matter in terms of just kind of like performance and stuff like that and gauging whether we're successful or not. And we love it regardless. But Again, appreciate you all and your support and uh, please engage with us in those ways. Yeah, we don't we don't want to be flops, Mike. We uh, want to be flops. I'm going to be canceled. <laughs> um, maybe when it's re-reviewed in 20 years. No, 
as always, it's been a joy. Uh, and everyone have a great rest of your week or weekend or, you know, whatever time of, of the month or, or the week it is when you're listening to us. Have a, have a great one and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. I lost my memory.